This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable blade knives, fixed blade knives, and game processing kits. Now, we've all been there before, trying to field dress your wild game with a dull knife. This is where Outdoor Edge really steps in. With the Razor Safe system, you can have a brand new razor sharp blade with just the push of a button. No more dull blades and no more problems processing your wild game. To check out all of the products from Outdoor Edge, visit OutdoorEdge.com. And at checkout, enter the discount code NATION30. That's N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off of your purchase. Welcome to the Land and Legacy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith. And Matt Dye. This is your number one resource for all things land. If you're interested in conservation, habitat management, hunting strategy, and rural real estate, this is the podcast for you. All right, guys, welcome back to another Land and Legacy podcast. Setting up here in northern Missouri on this one. It's a beautiful setting. Yeah. On the the first night of the QDM or excuse me the NDA habitat I do it, module, I do it every time. So. I mean that's just it's so the Q, ingrained. QDM dot 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 yeah. NDA. Yeah, yeah, just new name, <laughs> name change again. That's fine. Um, but yeah, at the habitat module at Mr. Mike Hinkle's property, who's joining us today on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Man, yeah. thanks for having us up here because we're enjoying a beautiful night looking over the farm. It's actually cooled off and pretty pleasant. Yeah, it's nice now. Very nice. Not so yes. much earlier today. Nope. <laughs> but at least it was. It could have been f- much worse. Yes. Could have yeah. been much, much worse. Now, Mike, we met Mike the very first year of Land 2017. Yeah. We met him at QDMA. Well, what what was, well, what was QDMA? QDMA? Now NDA. Their National Convention National in Convention. New, New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And you were there. and I we, saw your first official... Presentation. Yeah. Presentation, if and, you want to call it that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. For those who don't know, there was an internet issue with the presentation that we'll never do again. But we winged it. I mean, we, we shot it. from the hip hey, really, he, really well. He hired us. I yeah. hired you. You impressed me enough that... These guys can shoot from the hip in front of, I don't know, 100 and some people. Yes. You know, I, we were... One-on-one ought to be a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, so... That was a good time, and we visited with you on this property uh, that September or October, October. Mm-hmm. and, yep. you know, it looked a lot different back then. Um, we had, or you had, acres and acres of tillable, right? and then you converted it now into a mono, or a, like a Bob White right. specific what program? CP38. CP38. Which is um, a CRP blend for those... Yep. And so uh, converted a lot of the property to that. We'll probably cover it on another podcast. We need to because you've got an awesome story going on here. Oh, yeah. But um, we're going to do a podcast just as we wrap up tonight. Um, we wrap up the uh, first day of the Habitat module and we cover, you know, things we covered today. Go figure. A lot of bedding thicket stuff. A lot of bedding thickets, a lot of timber work, a lot of prescribed fire, a lot of edge feathering and essentially at the end of the weekend hopefully everyone here in attendance is going to have a full understanding of how to look at a hunting property critically and evaluate it from start to finish is this good is this bad what do i need to change and then how do i change it that's right so that's the goal 
and you know how do I change it to where it's not a 15-year program it's a five-year program to mm-hmm. where I can ultimately in five years maybe let off the gas a little bit and start to coast and enjoy yeah. it rather than think that I'm going to be working and working and working 15 years from now with the same workload. So, Mike, tell us a little bit about um, the property when you first bought it to then when we visited with you, you were really going into a, a new direction and then fast forward to today. Right. So I was uh, at the time living in Los Angeles and I wanted to spend more time in the outdoors and I had Midwest roots and... Um, I grew up in that environment, and I wanted my children to be able to enjoy that. So I searched out some property that uh, provided decent hunting, what I thought would be decent hunting, and um, um, decent values. And so I settled on this area through some a couple searches, and uh, my focus was a hunting property, and that ended up my focus changed to uh, not just hunting but enjoying habitat work, having my family involved in that, seeing the benefits of it. And so I bought a couple hundred acres, and over the last 10 years, I've been able to uh, expand it to 400 through uh, neighbors selling out. And um, it's been a great experience. And one of the things that helped me that when I went to QDMA National Convention and did Deer Steward, I thought I was the only guy that didn't know what to do. And I realized a lot of people were exactly like me. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was comforting to share stories and, and hear about people's, other people's visions and what they've done. And so it was inspiring and gave me confidence, not growing up on a farm or knowing anything about how to do uh, a food plot or run a chainsaw or even what it meant, what the effect would be of a chainsaw. I thought you could use a chainsaw to make firewood. So, um networking with people and folks like yourself have helped me to really appreciate this land for more than just hunting. I love to hunt, but I love spending time out here and doing habitat work and enjoying it with my family and my friends. And, um, and so when I'm reaping some of the benefits of the time that I spend together, I've been fortunate to harvest some good animals, but I've been more fortunate to spend time with my family and my grandkids mm-hmm. to experience yeah. that with me. And, um, uh, that's yep. been that's been uh, awesome. Did this isn't your first time on the podcast, right? Didn't you interview him? I can't remember. Yes. That's what I thought. Yeah, okay. It's so hard for me. I have the memory of a gnat when it comes to just like day in day out stuff. Like I can remember stuff like cutting places. We I can remember property. farms I visited in 2017. Exactly how to get there and never plugging in a GPS. But like the podcast, people will tell us the next week or email in is like, "So on that podcast, you said this." And I'm like, Good luck. I don't even remember what we said. You had to send me that number of podcasts. <laughs> I don't recall. <laughs> yeah. so. You had talked to me about, you had helped me lay out the design for this. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I had um, harvested a decent buck and you wanted the story, but I wanted to tell you about my best hunt that I had, and it was a doe. Yeah. Oh, that's right, with your, with right. your grandchildren. Right, and I had my six, four, and yep. two-year-old uh, grandchildren with me, and it was chaos but it was awesome <laughs> <laughs> and they were more excited than i was and yeah. uh, just that was like the light bulb moment for me mm-hmm. yeah so um this was um that was like this is what it's about yeah yeah that's so, awesome now 
Go, go ahead. I was going to say another cool aspect about the whole weekend is one, your generosity to be able to open up your place to showcase what it is you've done, uh, the workload and the improvements that people can visually see, right? We've got we've got uh, attendees from across the country here enjoying this place. But in addition to that, um, Todd Williams, you've been pretty quiet over there, is, is on the podcast as well, and he's with Onyx. And so your involvement with Onyx and Onyx is, uh, let's say, just sponsoring of the event and being a part of it has also helped, let's say, that learning aspect of taking habitat, using technology to improve it, our efficiency on the landscape. So, you know, between your involvement here, your involvement and company's involvement, it's really cool just to see how all these people can come together on a property random Missouri, right, and just like-minded landowners and passionate people um, enjoying natural resource management. Yeah, absolutely. It's been fun uh, to be a part of Onyx just from the technology standpoint. Um, land stewardship in general has a near and dear place in my heart, and that was a big part of the reason that I came to work at Onyx mm-hmm. was to be able to help communicate how whitetail hunters think about land how we think about the culture of hunting and family and what that looks like and yeah it's neat to be able to take technology and, and use that as a platform to to communicate about land management absolutely no and and there's so many different tools that now are available to um folks in, in the form of app desktop usage i mean the list goes on and on of the capabilities but it's cool to be able to share that because in our line of work we are able to share and communicate using the app how to go and improve a property right it provides a visual so you can talk to people all day long on a a map on a piece of paper but when you're able to put something in on somebody's desktop or in the palm of their hands that they can literally manipulate the shapes that they can see that specific areas as they lay out on a property that the ways that we want to to manage those individual pieces of property it really brings a a property to life what do you think some of the most common uses for your everyday user is like how do they utilize your your app right well as mike was talking about a lot of folks use our app to begin with for for landowner names and boundaries when they're looking for property to begin with Mm -hmm. yeah you you guys have definitely made me rethink what i'm going to name my farm Mm -hmm. (laughs) right Mm -hmm. in in the (laughs) assessor's office because it's like i don't know if i I want my last name popping up on that property exactly (laughs) We're yeah. forming an LLC. <laughs> That's right. Of a name nobody knows. Yeah. That's it. Be slightly removed from that process <laughs> just a little bit. Pink Daisy's Farm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's one of the, it's just one of the first places that people come to Onyx, you know, for that. That's the first thing that an uncle or, a, a, you know, a, a friend has told them about is, you know, hey, did you know that I know exactly where you live and I know who your neighbors are? And it starts that conversation and that ends up moving over time to, to doing things like the the former QDMA now NDA mm-hmm. does with building cooperatives, it's a great way to be able to meet landowners oh, yeah. even before you buy a property. Sure. To see what potentially folks, what kind of QDM practices are going on in a general area, um, and then you know from that point you can begin to use the the features to if you're trying to figure out how many acres of timber, how many acres of grasslands are on a place before you even buy it because you want a, a certain mix before you even purchase a place. Yeah. It's a great way to use the app in research um, mm-hmm. before you ever get there. Well without I ask that question because I think the most common forms that I see guys using is like, okay, I'm gonna highlight my food plot so mm-hmm. I know what the acreage is. I'm gonna highlight my roads. Yep. 
and I think of some of the ways that we utilize the map, and it's probably a lot different than what what you know the way I use it um, day in day out on clients' properties is tracing, turning on the tracker, and tracing out the roadway. So then oh. when it turns time to build the map, I just overlay and and boom, there it is. Uh, another way that I use it, and I'll talk about this tomorrow with people, is I should say we don't accept. We're we're not in a, any kind of agreement, so it's not like I'm telling you something that you're like, oh yeah, he's bought and paid for to say this. But I use it a lot in the old field management style, where we're yeah. removing invasives or removing a cool season grass, and I'm weaving in and out, trying to even pay attention where I'm spraying, mm-hmm. and I can look at the tracker and be like, okay, right. these areas have all been covered. Or like we or use TSI it in units. doing TSI, and it's like you turn your tracker on, I'll turn mine on, you turn yours on. Then when we get done, you all share it with me, and we can see, okay, these are all the areas that have been TSI'd. And over time, we we turn that whole polygon blue. Right. Yeah. And and we've addressed every acre um, strategically throughout something that, you know, you you take 15, 25, 40 acres, and you you can see that progress develop in a screen. Where if you don't have that, sometimes it's, like, daunting. How much did I really accomplish? Yeah. It's, it's kind of that visual aspect of like, okay, actually, I got a third done today. It didn't feel like a third, but I really got a whole third of this 40-acre Or it can be the done. exact opposite. It's like, <laughs> oh, well, I felt like I worked myself like a dog, yeah. and I only tsi two acres. Yeah. yeah. Oh, geez, Ooh. I got to hire I don't want to see that timber. <laughs> you only got through two acres in a day. Yeah. Woo! No. We got Dan Johnson over here running <laughs> yeah, the chainsaw. That, that Poland special. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's a fantastic tool to be able to you know visually learn, and then I use it. So you use it a lot for that, but communicating with landowners of hey, I recommend starting this unit first. Here's the priority, and we'll send them to you, you know, descending order, and add notes into the units themselves, and say, you know, when I was on site, I saw X. Be careful. Make sure you're addressing this in a follow-up, you know, herbicide application. Um, you know, can, can leave those little hints that take that fine tuning and just tweak it just a little bit That's so right. they don't forget those details. That's right. We've seen a lot of folks that we use them along those lines because you can leave notes when you when you put a shape on the map. You mm-hmm. can then click on that shape, add notes to that. And so people will use it year after year from a management standpoint. So sure. whether it's I'm putting in the number of acres of seed for this particular food plot, the amount of lime that I need to apply, the amount of fertilizer. I burned this in spring of 2012 exactly. and then 2016. you got a clear record of when you need to come back and, and yeah. start that process again and, and apply fire or whatever management practice you want in that particular well, area. And even like in this weekend's event, building out, let's say, the all the workload and whatever, uh, all the units that you guys have access to, I'm saying to the people listening – there's notes sections in there of, hey, remember this right. from this site because we're going to see that, and it's important. So just in, in all the files that were shared, there's a paragraph worth of notes right. in each section and each polygon that was shared with everyone. Right. It was super helpful for me even coming over here to kind of know what direction you guys were headed. Mm-hmm. And so the time that y'all took and the attention to detail to say this has been the process in this particular area that we've marked off, this is what we've done in the past, it gave all of us a clear picture of kind of we able to see in our minds even what was happening before, what what happened in the more recent past, and then even what things need to happen as we kind right. of walk through a property. Kind of that like past, present, future of each exactly. site. That's and right. That's that right. record, I mean, as many places we're fortunate to see or 
Mike, as many places as you have gone in and cut, it's kind of hard to keep track of, like, well, was I there in 14 or 13? I know it was cold or it was hot. Right. So it was, what, which year was it? Sure. All that really makes a difference when we're going back and managing that unit with fire, herbicide, or more thinning. That finite detail is That's right. And to move critical. it even in a more sentimental direction, it, the, the opportunity to drop waypoints, then to be able to add pictures inside those waypoints. So when you've had those great hunts with a six, four and two year old grandchild in the stand and you want to go, be able to flip back the next uh-huh. time you're in the stand with those folks and say, this is, this is what we harvested. Or you took pictures from the stand of deer you were seeing. These are pictures that we have from, the, from that day when we were here together. We found that to be a great way for families to, to spend time together in the field, reminiscing in a very kind of practical way. Huh. Yeah. I know, uh, I don't think this is incriminating myself. You remember how we used it we uh, on X this <laughs> spring with that with that uh, turkey hunt? Is chatted oh, like oh, I yeah, think yeah. the birds roosted right here. Yeah, he yeah. dropped a pin. Yeah, that's what he's saying. You losing <laughs> using electronics. We have people that was not back. during the hunt though. No, no, no. Yeah, that was it was he roosted the, the bird. Of, yeah, put it on up to like pinned it and was like I think he's right there. Dink, and then he came back to camp and he showed us. He's like he's right here. And I'm like okay, yeah, that I mean or we think that's in that area. Mm-hmm. The way the turkey worked that morning was like, okay, he's somewhere down that slope, two hundred yards, we think. And then the first bird to gobble was across the valley, and I was and like, the same, the same line well, of sight, but just across the valley, like, <laughs> we kind of eight hundred yards. Kind of like, like looked at each uh, other, like, was he, what, how did he miss it that bad? Like yeah. that bird is two hundred yards right, that way. Just hold tight. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he finally gobbled, and that bird was uh, a friend Four. of ours shot it at five fifty-five, like. Way early, right off the limb, right down the skitter trail. I was like, okay, yeah, he pretty much pinned him. (laughs) Yeah, it's a pretty common story, and you hear that with turkey hunting a lot. Where you don't hear that a lot as well. There was a 165 that I saw over on this particular food plot, and then that pin gets shared. That's the part we don't see. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, we don't see that nearly as often. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's Um, understandable. You know, and speaking of of using it today, like the first part. And this afternoon is the way we, the way we uh, worked through the property. We did the classroom session, and then we went out in the field. Is like trying to showcase a cut, the bedding area, temporary forest opening that was done two years ago, three three years ago, then burned, um, and then looking at another area that had been done eight years ago that hadn't been burned, um, and kind of the progression. But the one thing we did find, and this is why Matt and I may not get to see this farm anymore in the future. <laughs> Is that we found a lot more work for Mike, yourself, to do. Yeah, that's okay, though. I mean, <laughs> it's a journey. Could, could you be, I mean, imagine if you ran out of products. Do you know how upset you'd be? If you're like, well, I guess I'm just going to go up there and sit in the cabin. What fun would that be? Well, typically <laughs> what we see when, when the workload kind of drops down is then you get into the work that's a little de- detrimental. It's like, well, I did all that. Maybe I'll just go bush hog now. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. Get off the tractor. But no, I found when we found that spot when we were walking out, I was like, ooh, this makes a really good spot right here for another batting cut, mm-hmm. another temporary forest opening that really makes that side of the farm even better. Well, it helps, you, it helps me to when I'm looking at projects that are overlaid on a map and am I balancing out my workload? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Am I maximizing my opportunities Absolutely. for my property and rather than just eyeballing it? Yeah. It gives me a priority and helps me to balance that work and yeah. that cover and whatever work I'm doing 
to try to, otherwise I can get stuck in, well, I got to work on this invasive species and then I miss out on other opportunities that are even more important. Yeah, totally. I, I noticed that like you, you we run across some landowners that are like, this is my favorite area and that's where they do all the work. And it's like, Three quarters of the farm doesn't get nearly as much work. How much love and attention. No wonder you like this spot so much because that's where all the wildlife are. Mm. And so, you know, that that's a great point of looking at it going, okay, like when we suggest bedding cuts to landowners, it's like don't just like start knocking them out one after another kind of domino effect. Do one in the southeast, then go to the northwest, then go to the central part, then go down so where it's just like every part of the farm eventually is is more improved rather than just – the south end's good, but by year three, the north end's finally catching up. Or you look at it in comparison to your neighbors. Yeah. Because you can see that level of detail. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you can say, boy, I, this is going to work pretty good because I'm going to have the only bedding cover yeah. for a pretty long way. Yeah. For sure. And that's right. that's going to work to my advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Another cool thing I guess we don't talk a lot about because it's not like this general uh, rule of thumb that says, okay, you have to be this distance away, but... When you have these shapes overlaid on an aerial, you can then use another portion of the app that says, okay, what's the line distance here from this feature to that? Like, how far off that gravel road am I from the edge of that bedding cut? Oh, oh, I've got 120 yards. I can easily slip in and push the envelope, whereas I could measure and say, well, actually, there's only 80 yards. That's getting a little tight, right? tighter than we want to be. So you can get that spatial aspect of you know really the finite detail there too to say all right actually i might slide this cut or this tsi mm-hmm. unit maybe 40 more yards that way that'll give me enough cushion in room to go around too so i mean you you can lay out the features and then do it i want to say mathematically because that's not the way nature works right but you can still be like all right i'm i'm comfortable getting in there and hunting because the access is critical. Because right. that is a huge part of it. But depending on whether your your where you're setting bedding area is great. But if you can't access that bedding area to be able to hunt it because you haven't laid it out right to begin with, your stand is needs to end up being on the on the a predominant side where deer are going to travel depending on time of day, and you can't access that particular area. You you've really not helped yourself much at all. In fact, you potentially could actually hurt deer movement because the whole reason we manage these properties is obviously for the quality of the wildlife that's there, but it's also to harvest them. Yeah. Reap the benefits. That's right. He said that with a smirk on his face. Like, <laughs> he, 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 he said it with a smirk on his saying face. It out, like, like in a, yeah. I've killed a few deer before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I enjoyed it. Yeah. And it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And they tasted great. Like, yeah. I intend to do it again. <laughs> Very soon. Full intention. Full disclosure. <laughs> yeah. I'll be at it again this fall. Yeah. That's cool. yeah. Lord willing. Oh, gosh. Yeah. No, and and so, you know, today's been enjoyable to really kind of help land, or I assume everybody here is a landowner, but help them kind of see spatially how to utilize mapping from a standpoint of like, yeah, you, every one of us have looked at a bajillion maps probably and aerial images, but we probably hit analysis paralysis and going. Should I do it? Should I do betting here? No, maybe I'll do it here. No, maybe I'll do it there. No, it's like, no, we're going to take what we know is good. We're going to use these little terrain features like the first stop we did. This is a phenomenal spot for deer to bed based on terrain. Now let's enhance it. And then, oh, by the way, guys, pull out your map. Let's look at this. Oh, it's only 
75 yards up there to the food plot. Mm-hmm. Now we're really getting somewhere, and we're solving one of the biggest issues of nighttime deer activity. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I, I hopefully people are, are learning that. And like I said in the field, it's like if people don't leave this thinking about dragging the chainsaw out and making sure it still runs or sharpening it up to get ready – we failed for a, for a day and a half. Like, I don't know how much more I can talk about the importance of cutting and bedding and, and managing a forest, and, and because that's how much we believe in in it. And yeah, and, and managing the other aspects of the farm too, uh, yeah. of of smooth brown removal, managing the CRP maybe at a a different rotation or or yeah. decrease in burn unit sizes and edge yeah. feathering. Um, but man, it just it. When you do all the work, the property itself comes to life. But you can almost plan that out on a map. Sure. And you can you can add and delete these areas and say, okay, well, no, I, I do need to shift it over here. But I actually, I put it on there. It didn't make sense. I'm totally deleting it. But you can preemptively see a property come to life when you have the ability to add shape files, That's right. add roads, and all these cool features on a map like that. H- have you had anybody complain about the space like as in you can only have so many polygons or so many lines in 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 what sense like in, in, to in, what use, end? in using the app like i have reached a point where it's telling me i have too many polygons <laughs> right. that's how much i use it and like uh, right. if i show you i mean if, we're not if, the common user of the app though no <laughs> there are power users and then there's land and legacy <laughs> I mean, I'm like... I think Polygon's t- in my sleep. That's right. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if Onyx was ready for landing legacy. <laughs> like, that that was a step up uh, as far I, as... I wondered because, like, like, each one of those red dots and right. farms I've been has polygons and shapes. And, I mean, for the people to see, it's like, that's, that's where I've that's, traveled. Good thing it's not a joint account because... Oh, it would have been... Because <laughs> that's, ha- that's the ones that you've traveled. I have the same thing on mine. It's right. like if you combine those... In the last two and a half them. years, I don't even have a polygon for Mike's place when no, we no. were here in 2017. Right. So, like, I mean, that that just, like... Well, and those are the those are the, the only times I ever get those kinds of questions are from, from guys like you that are professional land managers who, who have, who have a, a certain cache of work that they've done over a number of years or... We work with some kind of larger, um, like corporate landowners, mm-hmm. yeah. like Rainier Hunting Properties mm-hmm. for one, and like so some of their biologists they they have 2.4 million acres that yeah. they manage, and so they have a ton of shape files and a ton, and they and they use it on a regular basis from a work standpoint. Is that like, big? How do they 2. process 2.4 million? Stuff? <laughs> it's bigger than my place. A little. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I have one property to tie up, and I'll be getting there. Right. <laughs> yeah. We're actually almost, closing next week. Almost no there. <laughs> almost. Yeah. But, uh, but those guys, you know, they, they use it a ton. Their biologists use it a ton. There are other folks in their, in their company that use it for various reasons. And so they drop similar, maybe not as much as y'all, but Well, that's, that's a really cool aspect of it, though. It makes like me you could, feel accomplished yeah. that somebody on 2.4 million still hasn't quite <laughs> caught me. It's, it's really neat that, uh, uh, let's say, a corporate – company mm-hmm. and a business as well as a individual landowner right. the app is set up feature wise and usability wise that everyone can benefit from it right. it doesn't matter who you are don't single anybody out there's application for each and every person who wants to utilize land itself that's right and when you consider like the size of without getting into the details of exactly how many employees we have and that yeah. sort of thing but we have more employees in certain segments of our company than other 
people who do similar work to us. Yeah. Um, literally having their whole company, we want we might have more people in our customer service department, for instance, mm-hmm. or more people, more engineers than other competitors might have in their entire companies. But the reason for that is because one of our major tenants is our number one tenant is customer first. And so literally everything that we do flows out of and stems out of that. And a lot of companies will say that, but I can truly say after the time that I've spent with Onyx that that is a, a value that they not only talk about, but they put money and resources behind. Right. Um, and it's a, it's a great opportunity to get to work with a company that really does um, prioritize the, the customer's experience from an individual landowner all the way to a, a corporate landowner. Awesome. Now, how long have you been at Onyx? Going on three years. Gotcha. Yep. So I know every conversation we've had for probably three years mm-hmm. has been, how can we improve the product? That's right. And because and I've always been like, do this, do this, do this. <laughs> but I realized. I got ideas flowing out of it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You you know what you need to do? Yeah. You need to make this. I'm, tell yeah, you how I, to do I'm your that job. guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm that right. guy. It's like, hey, if you can make this, it was to make my job a, a lot easier. <laughs> that's right. Um, and so yeah, you know that's great because I've got that ex- I've got that experience even just in dealing with you is that we're trying. You're, you guys are trying to make the product better for the customer. That's right. It's just a matter of prioritization. It's not really a matter of a shortage of great ideas. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of which one is going to benefit customers the most. And if, yeah. it, if it doesn't fall into that category, then then it gets kind deprioritized. Of like habitat management. Personally, it's the unfortunate thing for Onyx is that this is where my heart is. Like this, this mm-hmm. is what I love. This is what gets me up in the morning. And so they hear habitat management for me. And how do we build the app around the ability to manage habitat, not just from whitetails, though that's near and dear to my mm-hmm. heart. But there are a ton of other uses. Anytime we're talking about how do we manage, you know, native grass, how do we manage moist soil units, how do we do timber stand improvements, we're not looking at just at just whitetails. We're looking at at all of the additional benefits that that can come from that whether you're doing quail management or turkey management or whatever the case may be but they uh they do get to hear a lot about land management <laughs> from, from, from this Sweet. part of the world when yeah. you're saying something about the ideas or there's no shortage of them but some of them have to go to the wayside it's like that's all my ideas yeah. <laughs> well that's the problem is like you know it's a good and bad thing right because if there were as many of you guys doing what you do yeah then the competition is that much more difficult for y'all yeah then yep. it would yep. get highly prioritized because there yeah. will be that many more customers so totally. it's actually a good thing but i'd say bring it on high. let's do it <laughs> that's right y'all ready more, more, acre, ready. more acres conserved <laughs> yeah Com- competition makes us stronger that's right yeah no doubt yeah i uh you know there's so many things about this weekend that are great but i think at the end of it i just enjoy getting to meet the people and and helping them i mean we've kind of came together in this mm-hmm. and, and you guys have helped or I guess sponsor this event with National Deer Association to where you're bringing something we're bringing something and hopefully at the end a landowner is leaving with the knowledge to go improve their property right. in a quicker more affordable way and more effective than, right. and more yeah. effective mm-hmm. yeah Just and like, then to share that experience with others that's exactly right because at yeah. the end of the day there's not a lot of point in conservation if it's if folks aren't able to enjoy it. And so, you know, being a, a Western-based company, you know, we talk a lot about access and public land and those mm-hmm. kinds of things, and that's super important and something we need to need to focus on. But at the end of the day, um, access has lots of different, you know, fronts, and yep. and one big part of that is is family and and friends and totally. being able to provide access at a at a private landowner level is incredible. Yeah, and with that note. 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna hand it over, and see what kind of questions we may get from some of the people sitting behind us. There's an audience. This is a live studio audience. That's it is. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and the best sound coming out of that is the red wing blackbird that's been yeah, chirping. Yeah, hear it. Um, but yeah, let's hear some questions. If any, does anybody have any questions about all today? They want to sit down and ask a few. No, they're all they're all acting bashful. All so quiet. anyway, um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited for tomorrow. Uh, I appreciate you, Todd, for making the trip all the way up from totally. Mississippi. Yeah, super and glad to be uh, here. Mike, man, can't thank you enough. It's been a shoot fun four years. Yeah, and uh, you're kind of a one man band up here, but you sure get a lot of stuff done. Well, it, you know, it, these kind of events help you build confidence on what you can do because it can be overwhelming to think, gosh, I can't do that. Yeah. And the technology that's available today versus when I started 10 years ago, I mean, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be here, t it wouldn't take me 10 years. Yeah. That's available. Mm -hmm. You so know that old joke that was like, um, is like, are you a doctor? No, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Yeah. I was thinking of that today as like, are you a botanist? Nope, but I have the iNaturalist app. <laughs> <laughs> are you a land manager? Nope, but I have the OnX app. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you know what to do with invasive, invasive, well, that's not a good reference. Do you know how to plan food plot? Nope, but I have a YouTube account. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You can figure this stuff out. But, you know, thank you again for the generosity, hospitality of having everybody up here to showcase one just a beautiful place beautiful setting but what works yeah i mean the the place is transformed and and you're seeing some awesome results you're reaping the rewards but most importantly you're able to share it with with us uh the attendees and your family and create but those amazing memories look at what's the point of having it if you can't share it yeah i love it because there's really no benefit of just you ha having it yourself Right. Yeah. It's being able to share and being able to um, maybe it gives you pride to be able to say, hey, I tried this and it worked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you should so try it let too. Me tell you your, let me tell you my story, then you tell me yours. And What totally. has been your favorite project in the last, since you bought the place? What's been the thing that you've done that you're like, oh, I love that? I would say um, changing this from a production farm a wildlife focused yeah and then taking specific projects yeah so i won't say there's one but i used to be scared of a chainsaw yeah now i carry two yeah <laughs> one <laughs> on each hip. i get one because <laughs> yeah. i, I get got one, one for each of you yeah. so when i get one stuck i can get it out um, <laughs> <laughs> and i got or, four chains in the utv but i mean just as an example yeah. i've i've built confidence and and um you know i i'm a office guy yeah. And now I was an office guy. Oh, but so when you trade. said you were from L.A., you weren't like a rancher in L.A. Huh? No, I wasn't a rancher. <laughs> <laughs> I was a commuter like the other 20 million people. <laughs> but, um, you know, I did. I had uh, – my grandpa had a farm, but it was small farm. And he had a cow, and we didn't yeah. do anything for wildlife. And so I learned everything and i'm not to say that i know everything but the things i've learned how to do has been through people like landon legacy youtube yeah. technology tools like onyx and other things that it's just amazing how you can now uh, not really have a background and you can really get up to speed quick yeah for sure 
Yeah. That's the most enjoyable thing to about having a hunting property is being able to see it evolve and really kind of seeing that you have a little bit of a footprint in what can happen with that yeah. landscape. What we would call you is a producer. Mike, you're a producer. You're not just a consumer of northern Missouri and its habitat and the wildlife. You're out here producing it. Yeah. yeah. You're producing turkeys for the neighborhood. We hope. <laughs> right we'll, now. We'll find out. <laughs> you know, the, the, the MDC partnering with Missouri Department of Conservation, partnering with the National Wild Turkey Federation grant from the University of Missouri or something. I totally could have butchered that third one, but that sounds right. Um, the guy's shaking his head over here. He clearly paid attention when I was not. More so than Adam. But they're doing a research <laughs> project on nesting hens and then trying to radio collar poults, right. and that's actually happening right here on this. So hopefully we'll be able to share some of that data that they're collecting this spring and for the next four, the next three years um, of what's happening up here. So Yeah, and hopefully, you know, other landowners and the landscape benefit from that research, and I'm proud to be able to participate in that yeah just as a landowner yeah mm -hmm. so you know it makes you it gives you pride in achieving something so a lot of the pride that i used to get in the business world i get so much more in this yeah so because i can see my impact. specific impact yeah. yeah and uh it's it's just more enjoyable yeah cool well deal. guys that'll pretty well wrap up this podcast yep um we thank you guys for listening uh, we're going to wrap it up and get back after it tomorrow and right here for the A full hot day. NDA, National Deer Association Habitat Module, sponsored by Onyx. Onyx. Appreciate it, guys. We'll see you.